2: Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Spooked. The Scary Story of the Podcast. I'm Damian Depping. I'm Cody Crane. We're back again.
1: Another day. Oh, yeah, we're back. We're having fun here. I got this whole new uh, piece. Oh, yeah. He's got his Game Boy on a lanyard yeah they gave me a game boy on a a lanyard that hooks to my body
2: yeah yeah a nice little heart monitor Mm -hmm. um well i came home last night and you were wearing it i didn't know you were gonna have it and i'm like what is what's with the lanyard thing because i couldn't see it and you're like it's my heart monitor like everyone knew (laughs) yeah i was was a total asshole about it too i was like my heart monitor what are you talking about it's (laughs) a part of me
1: Uh, But it's uh, because as Mm -hmm. we know, we've been talking about it on the uh, podcast, a psychic told me that I was going to have a heart attack (laughs) this year. So my doctor's
2: taken that very seriously, and has now hooked me up to this thing uh, for the weekend. You make it seem like your doctor and the psychic had like a consultation meeting together. (laughs) (laughs) Where in reality, you got scared by the psychic, went to the doctor and the doctor's like, oh my God, yes, there is a lot wrong with you. We need to work on this now. No, I have a whole whole, uh, team of psychics, magicians
1: and doctors to Mm -hmm. make it scientific, all teaming together to make sure that my (laughs)
2: heart's working fine. There, there are psychic doctor TV shows, aren't there? I'm sure there are, right? Oh, there's got. Well, there's, there's got to be psychic cops. Yeah, I know there's psychic cops, but there's got to be psychic doctors too, right? I'm. I, I mean, mean, I can't think of any off the top of my it, head. It's but saving there, my life as we speak. If there's not, that might be our next big project. <laughs> the, the the thing that I love about this is that it's it hooks the wires so it just
1: lifts my shirt so like my belly is just always (laughs) out now (laughs) i mean it always it
2: always was you're just aware of it now (laughs) (laughs) yeah very small small shirts on me (laughs) but it's
1: not all about my fucking health okay (laughs) it's about our guest today because we have actor we have writer we have comedian we have emmy nominated canadian legend we have paul bellini here
0: I didn't. Uh, you talked me up so much. I didn't know. I was expecting a bigger star. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Who am I on with today? <laughs> Paul, how are you
0: doing? Very good, voice. Thank
1: you.
2: Oh, my goodness. Thank you so much for coming. Uh, we really appreciate this. I mean, this is this is pretty exciting. <laughs> I, I know like we uh, we are big fans. We mm-hmm.
1: are uh, like honored to have you. We we made a list. <laughs> At the start of this podcast, we've done this podcast yeah. for about seven years now. We made a list of people we wanted on the
2: show way back then. And you were on that list. Wow, yeah. Amazing. I mean, I grew up watching kids in the hall. Like that was a very big influence for for me uh, <laughs> in my early TV days. <laughs> so so this is uh, this is really cool.
0: Now, How old are you now, uh, Damien?
2: I am uh, 31.
0: So you probably caught the the comedy channel uh reruns, yeah. right? Which is yeah, very that's... suspect most of our fans came from because originally mm-hmm. on CBC we had Meh, ratings, HBO, same thing. And then yep. the show was out of production and we all moved on. And then all of a sudden it's on TV three or four times a day on the comedy channel. <laughs> and I think yeah. that's where the bulk of the audience came from was from those uh, reruns.
2: It, it's amazing how how a show like that has those kind of legs. Right. And that just under the right like context and the right format for people and the right exposure, it can it could really take off with a certain group of people.
0: The show is also designed to be the television term is evergreen, which means we didn't want to write about current events
2: um, yes,
0: yes. and do celebrity impersonations because that immediately makes you um, a, a fossil in amber. You're trapped mm-hmm. in that time period, so uh, we avoided all that entirely. And I think that's why the show's still watchable now is because it's not yeah. tied to any news events from the '90s or anything.
2: Yeah, that, I mean that that's that's really such a hard thing. I find that that's a problem with a lot of like something like Saturday Night Live, right? Is that as, as soon as the week's over, the, the, the sketches are, are done. Like, you don't really care about it. Like, you can only watch someone do an impression of, uh, I, I don't know, like George Bush Sr. so many times before you're like, okay, well, <laughs> who, who even really knows what he sounds like anymore? I
0: went from kids to hours, mm-hmm. 22 minutes, which was mm-hmm. the exact opposite. Was, yeah. I yeah. Very much to the events of that week. And it was not so much about celebrity impersonations, but it was always about the news and yep. um, current events. So it was a totally different show, but it was also meant for that week only. I mean, it has yeah. lousy yes. legs as terms of in terms
1: of reruns, right? Mm-hmm. But guess, then that show goes on, like it's still going, right? It's like it's older forever. than most people. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: well, I, I think that's. I mean it's a very, it's a different, it's a different kind of thing. I mean, in a way I know it's comedy, but it's still so tied to the news as well. You could almost consider it news in itself. So, I mean, news by its very kind of definition is, is always trying to be fresh. Right. So a a show like that makes sense in that context. Mm
1: Was, was that a, uh, a tough kind of transition to Mm -hmm. go into that and be, Now, well, I don't know how up to date you were on current events then on Kids in the Hall, but like you have to be with that show, right?
0: Yeah, all of a sudden I had to start reading the newspaper and watching news. And i would never done that Mm -hmm. because with Kids in the Hall, we lived in this like rarefied world of our own design where (laughs) we ignored 99% of the rest of the world and just did our work. And all of a sudden Mm -hmm. I had to broaden my scope of knowledge. And it, it was hard at first, but they were so gracious with me. They really gave me a chance to, to learn and yep. to grow. Um, and I was on the show for four years. So oh, wow.
1: we, uh, We've had uh, Bob Kerr on the podcast before, and he talked about how emotionally draining it was just to hear all of yeah. the, that news and a lot of bad news. Did you find
2: that for yourself as well? No, I couldn't care less yeah (laughs) (laughs) i I mean i can kind of get that i find i find i've been paying a bit more attention to like some of the global news that's been happening of late and even with like uh with with the stuff with russia and the ukraine right now and i mean it, it can be it can be pretty tiring after a while and there's almost a sense of hopelessness at times when you're kind of Always seeing the bad stuff, right? I mean, I guess that's that's
1: the difference though between like now mm-hmm. and 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 then when you were writing, like that, yeah. Like you were saying, the newspaper now, like you get a notification on your phone constantly telling you the news, yeah. right?
0: Yeah, that was. I joined twenty two is nineteen ninety five, so we would get about thirty different newspapers delivered every day around yeah. the world, wow. and just flip through them, and we watched News World because it was a CBC. Uh, affiliate that we could use the footage from um, and you're right now i think it would be a lot more tiring and also now yeah. everything comes with its own perspective uh, everything on social media has a slant uh, back right. then news mm-hmm. was news it was objective it it, it was cold hard mm-hmm. facts right we had to provide the perspective
2: right yeah i mean i guess that's that's part of the problem when everyone can be a journalist it, anything can kind of be slanted in the way that they see it without uh having to have that kind of um, unbiased approach to it yeah i'll tell
0: you though since then i've become a, a real uh a, like a real enthusiast for late night monologues and news parody yep. shows i love weekend update i love anything that actually is about the news because I don't like to watch actual news.
2: Yeah, but The yeah. thing
0: with news is that it's somebody reading off a teleprompter. It's prepared copy. Um, and I'd rather have a comedian's perspective. And the fact that comedy shows will show footage that would not be considered appropriate for an 11 PM newscast. So right. you get much better, funnier things. Um, <laughs> I prefer it anyway.
2: I, I agree. I mean, I've always kind of, I mean, I, I, I used to watch The Daily Show and The Colbert Report yeah. like a lot growing up as well, too. So I, I think it's a similar same kind of thing, right? It's uh, it's just a different take on it. And I mean, if there's something important or something that you see, it's very easy to kind of like go a little further in depth with it after getting that comedic perspective.
1: Uh, to go back into uh, Kids in the Hall here, I want to know, um, doing the show, did you intend to ever be on the screen like that when you uh, first started on it
0: you know when they first hired writers they um basically said we're not going to let our writers be on the show <laughs> It was okay. kind of them being we <laughs> want to play all the parts the five of them <laughs> right right um but then um in the beginning of second year there was this um idea of doing a contest and Mark McKinney's idea was that the prize should be me wearing a towel. <laughs> and it was so stupid that I said yes. And the next thing you know, I broke that rule. And then writers started to appear in the show, but very infrequently. Um, yep. You know, they kept us busy writing, basically. So I was lucky I got that special status and it lasted for four years. So it was like, uh, and then Bellini walks by in a towel and everybody would laugh and <laughs> it would be on tv <laughs> i
1: i mean like uh you had this own fandom of your own that sprung from yeah. this right like and i can only imagine did, did you have a lot of people um like coming up to you on the streets, like wanting to touch you at that point like was that a a thing
0: no because like i said the ratings weren't that big so I, right. I was still <laughs> operating in relative anonymity. You know, it was interesting. One time we went to the States. I think we were in Washington or New York, and people were recognizing me constantly in America, but rarely oh, really? in Toronto. Huh. Um, and that's fine. You know, I didn't really want to be bothered mm-hmm. while I was in Toronto, whereas when you're no. on vacation, you want to be treated like a star. So it was good.
1: <laughs> I, I feel like if uh, if the same show was made today, that because of all of the social media and everything, you would be bothered a lot more about this. Like this would be like trending on like your TikToks, your Twitters and everything. And we'd be following around so much more. I think you dodged a bullet with that. Let's be honest, the (laughs) towel guy is
0: perfect for TikTok. Yes. Um, I have no real desire to do it, but obviously (laughs) if we were in production, one of the producers would say, oh, we should have Bellini on TikTok all the time to promote the show. I understand that. It's all promotion, promotion, promotion. And when you're making a show, you can't get out the word fast and far enough. Uh, watch right. our show. You know, it's so important, right?
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: And and now revisiting um Kids in the Hall, like it's it, it's coming out soon, right? Uh, the new season
0: I believe in about a month from now, uh Amazon Prime launches the new eight episode season 6 yeah Uh, i don't know the exact date uh i know Mm -hmm. that uh, it's going to coincide with the release of a two hour documentary um which i also participated in so it's great so there's going to be a lot of kids in the hall hoop line about a month from now
1: Yeah. yeah and and that was such an exciting uh thing like a bright spot of the pandemic was just knowing that this is filming again. And like all of like us comedians, like getting these auditions and everything mm-hmm. like that. And just knowing that this thing that is quite honestly for, especially Canadian comedians is such a big deal to us.
0: Yeah. You know, it's weird. The show took like three years to do because of the pandemic. I mean, the, the, the shoot during 2020 was postponed for a full year. It was shot in yeah. the summer of 2021. And it's a, a year later; it's still in the can. In the old days, we do it, and it'll be on TV within two months. So this prolonged period is is very strange. You know, you literally yeah. could die and go to heaven while you're waiting for the show to premiere. God, yeah, God, I, I, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: I think our uh, one of our last episodes we uh, we talked about that of being. Well, uh, something similar of just being so excited to see a movie um, that has like a part two, but like not wanting to die in between. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, I I also want to talk about um, Mouth Congress here Uh uh, because uh, we have been listening to a lot of it. We love it. Like tactile is so catchy. (laughs) It's so catchy and it's definitely going to be a thing that we're listening to all the time now, because it's so good. And you, and you have like kind of um, in uh, like quite a few of the songs and tactile is one of them too, like this, like almost Devo-esque vibe uh, going on. So I want to know what like kind of the inspiration was and um, kind of more about uh, Mouth Congress.
0: Well, when I was in university, my, buddy Brian Hiltz had a rock band uh, Mm -hmm. called the Survivors and I thought I want to have a rock band too but I can't (laughs) play an instrument so I thought Mm -hmm. great I'll have to be the singer but I can't really sing either so it didn't (laughs) stop me I rented a, a drum machine from Long and McQuaid and set it up in the basement and Scott came over Scott Thompson And another friend of ours named Rob Rowett. And we started jamming and we loved it. It was just like this new avenue of creativity that was so fun. And it had nothing to do with sketch comedy or anything. It was just a whole thing. And, you know, um, we just kept going for about eight, nine years. We did live shows. We did tons of recordings. But then finally, when we got into production on Kids in the Hall, there was just no more time left for that so we had to put it away uh so the whole thing was 84 to about 91 um and then you know i just literally for 20 years packed up the boxes put them in the closet didn't really think about it then in 2011 scott and i looked at some old footage and we couldn't stop laughing we thought this is too good we have to share it with the world somehow so we set about making a documentary And it took seven years to figure out how to do it and get it shot because it was entirely independent. Who's going to finance us, right? Um, (laughs) And even after we shot it, it took another two years of reshoots and editing and stuff like that before it was finally ready. Um, The process kind of brought us together again and made us want to do stuff. We put all our stuff on Bandcamp, which was a genius move because a record company in Brooklyn named Capture Tracks found the songs and said, do you guys want to put on an album? We thought, yeah, we've always wanted to put on an album. Thank you. Um, So they did. And that was another two-year process, of course. Um, And it just came out in December. So in order to promote it, we had to start doing live shows again. So now (laughs) we're back. And (laughs) here we are in our early 60s, doing our rock band thing again and it's it's quite crazy uh gives you a lot of energy i have to say that if nothing Uh, else it it kind of makes you feel like you're in your 20s
2: i mean something like 30 years in the making right like this is something (laughs) it's a
0: lifelong project it's kind of like i I was 24 when i created Mouth congress and we're still doing it so Mm goes to show
1: you um but you know The up? incredible thing is just the amount of footage that you kept oh, no, or, like, or, or even had. Yeah, yeah.
0: But I, I shot everything. I, I, Rob Rowan had, had a camera and I would yeah. borrow it. And we shot every live gig. We shot rehearsals. We shot improv sessions, costume fittings. Uh, so we really had a lot yeah. to use for the documentary. A lot of old stuff. Wow. But here's the thing. Yeah, We were never successful. We never released a recording. We never had a record company or a manager or anything. No one ever told us what to do creatively. Like you can't be doing songs about anal sex. No one ever told us what we couldn't do. And as a result, we did whatever we wanted. So Mo Congress is like a purely creative enterprise. Honestly, success would ruin it.
2: Yeah. Like if one of those songs
0: became a hit, it would all be, then we'd have to you know, live up to that and it would change the direction of the creativity.
2: Yeah. I mean, I guess that's kind of the thing that's like the most like pure kind of punk about it. Right. Is (laughs) that, that, that kind of (laughs) anti-establishment, like we do what we want and this is kind of what it is. And that's, that's, I think that's part of what's so exciting about it too. But here's
0: the important part. None of it really costs very much or anything at all. So Mm -hmm. when you you know, because I've known so many people who made their own indie feature back in the '90s. Mm-hmm. The less you spend, the easier it is to recoup. You know, you, if you spend a hundred thousand dollars <laughs> in yeah. credit card debt to make a feature, you're going to be paying that off for most of your adult life, and the feature will never get released. And eh, it's a learning experience. But if you spent less than ten thousand, you don't care as much, right? You don't care ten yeah. percent. So with Mouth Congress, we never spent money. It was a jam session thing. Um, You know, we recorded on cassette and mixed on a four track.
1: It cost nothing.
0: So there was very little to have to recoup.
1: With with you and Scott, like you've built your uh, career so much with writing and like film, television, everything like that. Is there something just like, really appealing about getting back into mouth congress now and like building something kind of new which it's not really from the ground up but it almost is you know like it's not something that is like associated with the two of you so is is there something about that that's just like super appealing to almost get to start something completely new Or, like in a new path, I I believe.
0: When you're you're a member of the kids in the hall, you are beholden to the other four guys. Yeah. And the five of you are beholden to a network or a production entity. There's a lot of of top heavy uh, management that that comes down on you. Mouth Congress is just me and Scott sitting in a room arguing about the best word for a lyric, right? And we do argue. And it's so much fun. (laughs) Um, And none of it matters. At the end of the day, we're not being pressured to finish the song by Tuesday at five. None of that. It's just what we like. And it, it, it brings out our personalities. I mean, we're very different people, right? I'm really methodical. And he's kind of unleashed. And we both bring something to the band. And we love our musicians and the, the, the four of us are now working together every Wednesday night. It's kind of become like our freaking okay. buddies night, you know? <laughs> um, and, and there's just something pure about it that you don't get when you're doing an actual job, a paid job.
2: Yeah. So you guys are, are, are writing new music right now too. Right? Yeah. and
0: it ain't, it ain't always easy. We, we split up every
1: <laughs> word.
2: <laughs> nothing wrong with that are, are you planning on doing like kind of just when you have a new song put it out there kind of thing or, know, or are you kind of saving some stuff here's up the for thing. A...
0: We're, we're we were invited to uh appear in philadelphia on may 21st mm. um which is uh, a place called the philly mocha museum of contemporary art and uh we're doing two shows and we thought okay if we're gonna do two shows we'll be showing our our mouth congress documentary as well Um, we thought we got to put on a good show so we're going to do about a dozen songs we're bringing the boys um, to play along with us and um, our natural instinct is just to develop new stuff all the time because you want it to feel fresh it's part of what makes the show exciting you know and and invariably we'll forget lyrics and choreography and it'll be (laughs) messy but we're comedians right we're not the spice girls we don't have to (laughs) <laughs> do a certain thing um in fact sometimes when we fuck up on stage it actually makes for a funnier show
2: yeah those <laughs> those little accidents are the best moments sometimes oh, we live off them mm-hmm.
1: i i love how long uh you've been collaborating with scott and in different um things do you i mean having finding someone that is a collaborator that meshes so well that you're able to write all kinds of different projects with do a band together and everything like, that's a tough thing to find. I mean, like, even with the two of us, we do, we've been doing this podcast for seven years. This is the only thing we collaborate with though. Like, we, it's hard to find someone. This is, that meshes this is like enough. That. This is enough. Yeah. <laughs> we're sick of each other is what I'm trying to tell you.
0: <laughs> I think what helped us is that again, we're very different. I'm not a performer. He is. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a big distinction. Um, You know there's a a balance in what we do we don't right we're not competing because we just do very different things we're very different people um we're also old friends we met when we were in our late teens at university so and we and we worked together from minute one uh we started making a super eight film back in 1978 so um yeah it's been a long a long journey um and there's mutual respect, obviously. And I was lucky enough to be involved in Kids in the Hall because if I wasn't, we might have lost that touch, that contact.
2: Right, right.
0: Um, but because I was always around, they felt sorry for me. They gave me a job. You know what I mean? <laughs> it worked out.
2: So, so kids, if you're listening, the best way to succeed is just to hang around the kids at the, at the movie studio. Maybe one day they'll... <laughs> sometimes it works out you know yeah.
1: I, I i walked on uh set once and got a job as a location manager just like that
2: unbelievable yeah he didn't, he didn't know where he was ironically enough <laughs> no i got i got lost. Manager. yeah <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, but before we uh move on here i want to talk about uh one uh last thing um although there's so much i want to talk about but Uh, There's something that really sticks with me with this um, sketch on a more recent show, uh, Tall Boys. Mm. Uh, (laughs) And just your uh, delivery with these facial expressions (laughs) on this Subway sketch and the matching of the beat, using your belly, everything about this just constantly sticks with me. And then it was from their season one. They're on three now. I have not forgotten this, this sketch. It has it just stuck with me so much do to you. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's
0: pure yeah. Bruce McCullough. I, I can't take any credit for it. Um, <laughs> and I think Bruce has a real fondness for big belly guys. I remember a Kids in the Hall photo shoot where it was these five guys with gigantic bellies and they um, matted in their five faces over the bellies it was just surreal it's really ugly it kind of looks like the guys ate all five kids in the hall um but um I think Bruce has a belly obsession uh and you know I just happened to be available and he asked me to do it it was a lot of money I thought yeah thank you very much <laughs> and that was it and, and then I met my fellow co-stars the other three guys Mm -hmm. and it was great we had to learn the choreography we worked with a choreographer it was quite fun
1: (laughs) yeah i mean i i don't think this this will ever escape my brain of just like every once in a while i'm just sitting on the couch and i'm thinking about your (laughs) facial expression as uh basically the way the sketch lays down for like the folks at home is that um it's a couple. And uh, the man in the, in the relationship is trying to teach uh, his girlfriend the beat. <laughs> and then you're looking at them so disappointed in this moment <laughs> for not getting the you beat. You just can't get it. <laughs> just the look of frustration. And then you doing it and just me like That's how it's done. <laughs> yeah, it,
0: it was funny. It's a funny piece, I got to say.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, you're saying that you work with a choreographer for this, too. I find that so hilarious that someone spent years and years and years and years training to be a dancer and to be a choreographer and working so hard to to end up being paid to choreograph four guys patting their belly on on a silly TV show is insanely funny. Uh, But to dive into a spookier
1: note here, Paul, we got to ask you, do you believe in ghosts?
0: No, I, I have to say no.
1: Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. That, that's how I feel, too. Yeah. yeah, we have one skeptic in the room. I'm the only ghost believer, as you can tell by a psychic uh, making my health <laughs> decisions. His, uh, <laughs> he never would have went to a doctor. regardless. Yeah. <laughs> he won't do it. Uh, yes, <laughs> say what you will. But uh, she did force me to go to a doctor, I suppose. Yeah. Um, but have you ever had something... Um, that you uh, thought at the time was like a paranormal experience or like a kind of like a spooky experience?
0: Again, I'd have to say no.
1: You've been living your life without any fears.
0: No, I wouldn't. (laughs) That's different. Fears, I have a lot of phobias. I don't like heights. I don't like spiders. I don't Mm -hmm. like extreme Mm -hmm. speed. Uh, I don't like Mm -hmm. water at all. I can't swim. And I would rather avoid even boats, let alone swimming. Um, no, I've yeah. got tons of fears, um, but they're all real. They're all mm-hmm. yeah. Fall off,
2: tangible. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> um, like um, a feeling of being haunted or anything has never actually occurred to me. Um, that's not to say I don't love ghost movies or or mm-hmm. ghost mm-hmm. fiction, but I- I've never seen a UFO. I, I- I've never yeah. talked to an angel. I- <laughs> you know not that I've never heard a voice uh so I'm a bad I'm a a bad example for for your show
2: (laughs) not at all it's it's actually for me it's great to have somebody who doesn't (laughs) I mean and I think that's an interesting point too because I've heard this a few times from people who are skeptics where they're saying I don't believe in ghosts like but I still enjoy like ghost stories and stuff I I find it funny that most people don't have to justify like like I don't believe in dragons but I still enjoy fantasy novels kind of thing you know it's it's like, of course, you can enjoy the story, but I don't have to believe your bullshit. <laughs> but I mean,
1: there's justification on both ends, at least for for me specifically, mm-hmm. because I'm a, um, I'm an atheist that still believes in ghosts. And I feel like that's an important uh, justification too. An important justification for what? I don't know. A lot of people think then because they correlate the two. Right. I believe. right. Um, but I did prepare here today a couple of... Um, It says disturbing would-you-rathers from this uh, website. Uh, I know that how much Damien loves the would-you-rather segment, so I decided to bring it back. (laughs) Um, The first one here, Paul, is would you rather have all of your shoes filled with spaghetti or have all of your socks be wet all the
2: time?
0: Oh, my God. What a hideous choice. (laughs)
2: <laughs> Is it like constantly filled with spaghetti or just like once or filled you, with spaghetti you, get you to have empty to get rid of it.
0: Before you put them on?
2: It, yeah, I, I think
1: that you get to empty them out. Okay. Otherwise, your, your feet would just be, your socks would all be wet with spaghetti sauce. Anyways. That's true.
0: I would rather well, have it, shoes filled with spaghetti because at least you can eat the spaghetti.
2: That's true. And it doesn't <laughs> say that it's covered in sauce. They could just be dry noodles. It could be dry noodles. I I don't think they would call dry noodles spaghetti, though. Well, like, I mean, like, cooked dry noodles. You know what I mean? Like, they were cooked and then put in a colander. Right. Sauceless.
1: I want want to rewind here because you said you would eat the spaghetti out of a shoe.
2: Well, it depends how new the shoe is. (laughs) Depends how hungry you (laughs) are. A brand new shoe.
0: Yeah, likely.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I would always have new shoes. (laughs)
0: But I hate socks. Um, if that's what you're asking, I cannot say if I if I'm wearing a pair of socks and I step in a puddle and I go to soaker,
2: I can't stand it. Yeah, I, I agree. I don't I hate leaving the house when it's raining. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't have very good shoes for for that. I've been meaning to buy like waterproof shoes for like years no. and I just never yourself do,
0: down, so. You, you get a good pair of boots. I
1: should. So
2: I should. you're already living the life of always having wet socks.
1: I no, I just don't leave the house with it right. We know what he'd rather. <laughs> um so here's uh here's another one here. Um would you rather sweat all the time or pee every 2 minutes? Oh my
0: god. Well, I think I would rather sweat all the time. But honestly, yeah. Peeing, like the older you get, the more frequent it becomes. (laughs) And I really think, oh, I love being 20 when I didn't have to pee every hour. Um, Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, I would rather sweat all the time, quite honestly. It sounds gross, but I'd do
2: it. I feel that this one, the big thing is that the sweating all the time is a passive thing, where the peeing every two minutes is an active thing. So, like, you can. yeah, like you can you can go about your life sweating all the time, but if you're always having to go like to the bathroom, you have to be close to a place where you can go constantly. And that's such an inconvenience.
1: Well, I mean, yeah, I uh, I, I know the experience you're talking about, Paul, the older you get, the more you have to be. I uh, about a decade ago, I went on a trip to Florida with my mom and all of her friends and they decided to drive there and it took. So much longer. I think it took days longer because we constantly stopped, as everyone had to pee at different times uh, all the time. They couldn't coordinate. No, <laughs> you can't coordinate a pee. <laughs> I guess that's true. <laughs> um, but on that note, we got a story to tell. Hey. We all drew positions beforehand. Uh, Paul, do you want to reveal what you drew?
0: Well was that? Was was there a homework aspect to the assignment? <laughs>
1: no uh you got the celebrity so i go to a random celebrity generator and it's going to give you four options and you'll have to appear as one of these celebrities at some point during the story so your options are um jerry bruckheimer <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Classic, you know, he's always wanting the spotlight. Yeah. <laughs> the
0: yeah. Okay, keep going.
1: Uh, Brian Grazer. Mm. Dr. Phil. Oh, okay. And Confucius.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. Can I get away with Confucius? <laughs> Is this going to be one of those canceled moments for me?
2: Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're setting you up for it. So you have uh, three choices on the randoms. <laughs>
0: All right. The so two movie producers, a fake doctor, and a wise Asian sage.
1: Okay. Yeah, it, it really gave you a Leo.
2: <laughs> All right. Cool. And uh, I I drew the swing, so no extra responsibility.
1: That's true. And I do want to note too that uh, Paul, the celebrity, only has to appear. You, uh, they don't have to be in, and you can be as many characters as you want.
0: Yeah. All right. me uh, do other characters.
1: Yes, yes, yes. You're not you're not going to be stuck as uh, <laughs> Confucius for the
2: whole story. All right, good.
1: All right. Uh,
2: and then uh, that means that you drew the narrator. Yeah. So for that, we're going to go to I dot com for a location, a relationship, or a word in order to get this story started. What would you like? Um. Let's do a relationship. Gondola pilot and boat inspector. Gondola pilot. And boat inspector? Yeah.
1: Can I get a reminder (laughs) of what a gondola is? Is it
2: the... The boats with the big stick. The big stick. That's what I was thinking. of Going down. Yeah. And then the boat inspector to make sure the boats uh, ship shape, as it were. I mean, I am really curious to see if gondolas get boat inspectors by a lot. I mean, I feel like it's such a big industry there that they they would have to make sure that there are some standards, right? Just from like a a liability kind of perspective.
1: But I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I guess we're about to find out. I've never
2: been. We'll find out right now. (laughs) This episode of Spooked is brought to you by BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com
1: slash spooked, S-P-O-O-K-E-D, to get 10% off your first
2: month. That's betterhelp.com h e l p dot com slash spooked. Yes, love is in the air.
1: That's Valentine's right. Day is Va- coming up. Valentine's Day coming up, and it's okay if you don't have a sweetheart this year. Mm-hmm. Have no fear. I know that that weighs on a lot of people. Whether they have a Valentine, don't have That's a Valentine. Right. And online and everything so you don't have to have that awkward thing of like in person and then they're just wondering whether you're, they're gonna see you again in person and it's more of a connection no do online
2: do better help that's right so don't forget go to betterhelp.com slash spooked to get 10 percent off your first month that's better help today slash spooked who starts It was a nice
1: and sunny day. Oh, it was so bright and the sun beamed off the water, leaving a nice shine around all of the gondolas going
2: up and down the stream. What a beautiful day, man. I'm so glad I quit my job and moved to Italy to become a gondola guy. Uh, I saved up for years. I finally got my little My little rubber dinghy gondola all ready to go here. I'm going to start driving around the the river streets of, uh, of Italy.
1: Yes, Phil just finally did it. He finally got his gondola on the water.
2: I'll show you, Bernice. This was my dream. I'll show you. But there was one thing he wasn't expecting.
1: A boat inspector. Excuse me.
2: You, yeah, yeah. You know Italian. Uh, you know look Italian. You know no. I'm you know from I, Venice. No, I'm from Windsor. Windsor, but that's about Windsor. I don't know Windsor. You, why you drive a
0: dinghy inflatable thingy instead of a beautiful gondola? It's
2: uh-huh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, I I just moved here, and this has always been my dream to. To ride a boat down in venice and uh right now this is all i could afford this is my this is my starter gondola oh uh, this is no good today we make a big movie in venice produced oh. by jerry bruckheimer
0: himself really? come to venice to make a movie called venice boat story about all the boats mm. in the water you cannot yeah. be in the water you must go
2: uh, oh I have to take my boat out of the water? Yes, you must go
0: faster. Stop it with the water. What,
2: what about, how about if I uh, just slip you this uh, this uh, Canadian $2 note? How, would that change your mind? How many lira? Is this a thing? I don't know. I never, I don't recognize this. <laughs> Who
0: is this old lady on the money? I do not know.
2: Uh OK. Yeah, I'll, I'll just uh, I'll deflate my boat and I guess I'll go back to my uh, my Airbnb. Here's
0: the thing. To me, yes? We got a big star coming to Venice named oh. Dr. Phil. You know Dr. Phil? Uh, the Dr. Phil? The Dr. Phil. He come to make the movie with Jerry Bruckheimer.
2: Wow. He gave me so much toxic advice about my relationship. I think that's why I ended up leaving her and moving to Venice.
0: Very bad doctor, very bad actor, yeah. but yeah. rich. You come in. Oh, a lot sorry. of money in
2: Venice. That makes sense to me. <laughs> money talks. Am I right? Oh, sure <laughs> uh, I so this two dollar bill won't. I, uh, oh.
0: Dr. Phil here. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to need a, a, a gondola to get over to uh, my hotel. Um oh. you with the uh, rubber inflatable dinghy uh, can you take me across?
2: Uh, yeah yes Mr. Phil I Dr. Oh, Phil, Dr. I'm so Phil. <laughs> I'm certified non doctor. I'm yeah, a I guess doctor. Mr I guess Mr Phil's your dad's name right? No his name was Mr Jones. Uh oh Okay. So, sorry about that, uh, Dr. Phil.
1: Wait, 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 wait. Uh, can I get on the gondola too? Sorry, I'm Jonathan from E-Talk. Uh, Phil, I believe we have an interview later on today.
0: Mm, sure. Uh, is uh, your, my publicist
1: here? Uh... No, no, no. I, I don't think we need them. Hey, um, uh, Tim, get on here with the camera. Uh, maybe we can do it right on the boat.
2: Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. I just got to re I just got to reinflate the boat a little bit. I was starting to let the air out because the inspector told me I couldn't have a dinghy on here. But now that you guys are both here, we we better get it going. Okay, okay. once uh,
0: it's not going to sink, is it? No, 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 no,
2: no. Don't worry. Very, very seaworthy. (laughs) I got I got this one on sale at Canadian Tire before I. uh, Because
1: what is this your first time?
2: No. No, 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 no. You can't
1: have as your first passengers be a huge celebrity A lister like Dr. Phil, who's about to star in a new Jerry Bruckheimer movie, and me, lead
2: anchor of E Talk. What's your name? Jonathan. Jonathan. Okay, listen, this isn't my first time. This is my maiden voyage. Mm, That sounds about ready, right for our cameraman, Timothy, but like, I don't know. The maiden voyage of Dr. Phil on the water streets of Venice. That's what they call them, right? I guess if you can keep it in perfect lighting for the interview. Okay. And keep it steady. Yeah.
1: So that we have a smooth interview. We could do that. And keep it slow, too. I need a lot of time.
2: Don't worry. There's no motor on this boat. Uh, All right. Hop in,
0: guys. Before we go anywhere. Hi, I'm Brian Grazer. Uh, Ron Howard's producing partner, very, very successful producer. And I'm here to cover this store, this Bruckheimer movie here in Venice, which I think is a very important thing. And I want to make sure that Dr. Phil sinks in that boat and goes under the water, the the horrible stinking waters of Venice. Can you do that? Can you arrange? Because we're shooting right now. It's going to be a great scene. You got to do it.
2: Uh, uh, no, we can't do that guys. You wait right here. Listen, uh, Brian, listen, I can sink. I can sink the boat. I'll do it for you. I, I just, so long as I can get in this movie, I, I'll do whatever you need me to do. I just can't let these guys know. Otherwise they're not going to do it. Kid, you just bought yourself an Oscar nomination. Do no, it. That's all I needed. And uh, Hey, Mr. Boat Inspector. Yeah. I told you, money talks, and who knows Venice better than a bunch of Americans? Am I right?
0: Uh, Okay, Uh, are we going to get to the hotel soon? Because Doctor Phil needs to take a crap as soon as we get there. Uh... Right,
2: right away, uh, Doctor Phil. Let's get going. Shove off.
1: We are live here on the set of the new Jerry Bruckheimer film with the star, Dr. Phil. Now, Phil, this production I heard promises to have more explosions than ever.
0: Uh, Well, one of them is going to be taking place very soon if we don't get anywhere near that hotel room bathroom.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Timothy, can we air
1: that on your e talk? (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. why not? Okay, okay. Uh, yeah. Um, yes, we are getting there now. And also, Phil, this is your first kind of leading role. I, I would say, um, are you planning on being like a, a Liam Neeson type here? Is this like a taken situation? Um, no, this
0: is a romantic comedy, and I'm starring opposite uh, that beautiful young lady. I can't remember her name. She's beautiful young. What's her name? What's her name? <laughs>
1: Julia Roberts. Uh,
0: Julia Roberts. <laughs> she says some kind of beautiful actress is going to be my co-star.
1: <laughs> yeah, and you never heard of her before this. I'm sure
0: she's wonderful.
2: <laughs> well, all right. Well, While they're distracted, I'm going to fiddle with the little air intake valve so we, we're slowly losing air from the boat. But I can't let them know because if they catch on, then they'll, they'll try to plug the hole and I won't be able to sink the little dinghy and then I won't get my Oscar nomination. Mm, yes. Mm.
1: As soon as he does it, the air goes out too fast and shoots them (laughs) across the water. Uh, We're
0: here. here. (laughs) Uh, Well, thank you. You got me here on time. I'm just going to go check in my hotel room.
2: Wait a minute. This isn't the right hotel. (laughs) Oh, this is you wanted the Hotel Italiano, right? This is the. Oh, a- Italian hotel, a hotel
0: Confucius. <laughs> I could stay here. Oh, God, there's it, there's Confucius now. Board. Ah, Doctor Phil, welcome mm-hmm. to Confucius Hotel.
1: Um, I I have a bit of a problem here. It. <laughs> It, it looks like when we crashed
2: in, um, my cameraman, Timothy, just got bludgeoned on the rocks. Oh, oh, I need to I need to go check with somebody here. OK, I need, I need it's to. Timothy. I, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Um, Dr. Phil, do you need to get away anytime soon or or can I do a bit of an interview more, more of an interview?
0: Let's do it right now. Ask away.
1: Um, While well, you're currently on the toilet, uh, do you want me to give you some more time? Or?
0: That's fine. Everybody uses a toilet. I think it's something I can share with my public.
1: <laughs> we are live on the toilet beside the set of the new Jerry Bruckheimer film. I'm still here with star uh, Dr. Phil. Um, Phil, can you tell us about how much you're loving Italy? Uh, I hate it. It's the worst. I can't wait to go back to America.
2: You heard it here first, folks. Brian, Brian, uh yeah. Brian, are you there? Yes, yes. That was great. We
0: filmed the whole okay. thing when you took the air out of the boat and it spun and just yes. went. That was great. Okay. Thank you. Got it in one shot.
2: Great, great. I'm so sorry. Phil didn't go in the water, but we did horribly maim the one cameraman from Etock. Is that okay? Like Is that a Phil
0: from a distance so we can cover, we just cut around it.
2: Great, great. Oh, man, I I can't wait for the Oscars to roll around this year. I'm going to be so excited. But wait, Brian, if it looked like Phil from a
1: distance, what are people going to think when Phil's still around? Uh,
0: We'll have to kill him. Mm.
1: Kill
2: Dr. Phil?
0: Just say, kill Phil.
2: (laughs) I think, uh, I think, uh, Quentin Tarantino said the same thing. <laughs>
1: I think you're the only one that can do it. Who? Who are you? Oh, sorry. I'm I'm Brian's assistant. Uh, oh, but I'm very schemy, and I just kind of dangle my fingers together okay. and tap them.
2: Hey, what's in this for me?
1: Um, a new bo- a new uh, gondola,
2: a real life gondola.
1: Yeah, not an inflatable one either. What the just. Heck?
2: Uh, the whole reason I moved here was for a real life gondola. Wait. And if I have one, that'll truly show Bernice. Brian, we can afford that, right?
0: We'll just put it into the budget. We'll take some money out of the Coke budget, put it into the gondola.
2: Okay, how do you want me to off them? Bullets, knives, poison, r- rope, um, large cat on his face while he's sleeping? Yes.
0: Smothered yeah. by a cat. I can see the headline. No one would
2: suspect it. Do you want? Okay. is I can do that. Get a okay, big, where's big fat
0: Italian gatto.
2: gatto okay. Probably one that eats a lot of lasagna, absolutely. right?
0: Absolutely. Like, a, what was that cat called? The Garfield.
2: Put yes. him
0: right on Dr. Phil's face while he's sleeping. Wait five they minutes. Are... It's done.
2: All right. All right. I'll, I'll find myself a big Italian lasagna loving kitty cat and plop it on his face and then he'll stop breathing and then i'll hit get my gondola just
1: make sure if you're going to use a big cat that loves lasagna yeah don't be foiled by a little dog friend or his owner oh my god you're right i didn't think about that they're always around each other it's a it's a trio that can't be
2: separated You're right. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. I got this. Don't worry. Don't worry. Okay. I'll take care of it and I will kill Phil. So on he goes,
1: scouring the alleys up and down for some fat cats.
2: Here, puss, puss, puss. Mew, Mew, come here. Come here. Do you want some treats? You want some treats? Come here.
1: He's just rolling around some dice in his hands.
2: Kitty. Oh, this is harder than I thought uh, it was
0: going to be. It's Jerry Bruckheimer again. I, I'm, I'm, I'm back. Actually, oh. for the first time in the scene. I'm back. I'm back for the first time. <laughs> I'm sorry to announce we have to cancel filming. We have to shut down the production. What? The ghost of Don Simpson just came to me and said, this movie is going to tank at the box office. And why not cut our losses now? Also, even if Dr. Phil is killed, it's not going to increase the box office potential at all. So we're going to cut our losses, go back to the United States, even before Julia Roberts gets here. We're done. Sorry. Show's over.
1: (sighs) Dang. That's right. Despite having different reasons, they have the same goal. Brian Grazer and Jerry Bruckheimer both want Dr. Phil dead. And this film to be shut down.
2: Maybe you can bribe him. Wait a minute. So they're shutting down the film. I'm not going to get my gondola, but I still have to kill him. Well, yeah. Sorry, I followed you here. I hope you don't mind. I'm very confused by your logic. It seems like they don't want me to do it anymore because they're shutting down production. And it doesn't matter if Dr. Phil dies. So why would I go and kill him then? Yeah, but what's when, the incentive for me?
1: It's just when you have a thought in your brain and you're like, OK, well, he still has to die and now we're all just kind of like we don't need him dead, but like we're all just thinking about it and we kind of see
2: want to see how that would look. Mr. Bruckheimer, is this really what you want? Uh,
0: it is what we need to do. We have to shut this down before it becomes out of control. But ask Brian Grazer, I think. He, he has a different opinion.
2: Okay, okay. Uh, Brian, is this really what you want me to do? Do I really still need to kill Phil?
0: Yes, you must, because how else can I put you forward to the Academy? That's right. But if there's no... They're only going right. to nominate you if you actually do this. Mind you, they That's will true. nominate you for best live action short, unfortunately. You're not going to get an acting nomination, but kill oh. him anyway.
2: Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? I'm not going to give up on my dreams. I'm going to find that cat and I'm going to kill Dr. Phil.
1: Also, if you don't kill him, then like we would have no reason to give you a gondola.
2: Well, I thought you weren't. I thought once the movie was done, it didn't matter anyway. But
1: we're hoping the movie is never done.
2: Oh, well, the short is fine.
1: Okay, as long as it doesn't make gross, you see. Ryan and Bruckheimer, they've had this rivalry for years and years where they keep on doing hilarious pranks to each other by killing each other's cast members uh, so that the movies never come out of both of them. Oh. And even though you've seen a lot of movies with their names on it, you can only imagine how
2: many would have been done had these hilarious pranks not happened. That makes sense. And so many times you see someone in a movie and then you just never see them again. Oh, yeah. Of course, it all makes perfect sense. It's especially the ones that say, "Introducing, There's a big fat kitty cat eating a lasagna right now. (laughs) (laughs) I'll get you now, Dr. Phil later, whatever your name was. He's not eating lasagna. He's eating
0: spaghetti out of Dr. Phil's shoes.
2: Oh, shit, (laughs) shit. I needed a lasagna cat, not a spaghetti cat. The only thing that you needed was a fat cat. Oh, it didn't matter it didn't yeah sorry i keep
1: saying that i'm gonna leave and assist brian but i just there's so much going on around
2: here i just want to see it all right all right all right right. right. come here kitty cat you're you're a big boy all right now uh uh, dr phil dr phil are you in there (laughs) the cat was outside of dr phil's hotel room
0: i'm just i'm just lying down here uh getting a little rest uh so uh, come in and do what you need to do.
2: Yeah, oh, don't mind me, Dr. Phil. I'm just, uh, I'm the, uh, uh, I'm the cannoli delivery guy.
1: We get this hilarious scene where the guy is trying to open the door, but he's also carrying this big cat. Ow. Ow. So he slips his Kidding. sock off to try to get it with his foot, but that doesn't work. Now he's using Stop his it.
2: mouth. <laughs> uh...
1: Damn it! Finally, uh, he just kicks the door in.
2: Ah, uh, uh, cannoli man. <laughs> uh, um, all right, kitty. There you go. Now, Doctor Phil, don't just, just, just relax. It's, it's. A, this is perfectly reasonable. We do this in Italy. Meow. We do this in Italy all the time. I trust me. There's nothing to be worried about. This is a normal custom in this country that everyone does.
1: Okay. you.
2: And there, Dr. Phil suffocates. He can't get the cat off him. No matter how hard he tries, it's just too big. He dug his kitty claws in. He's not coming off now, Dr. Phil. <laughs>
0: uh, now the ghost of Dr. Phil appears. Boys, oh. I'm ready for the shot. I'm ready for my close-up.
1: Oh, we didn't expect this. Ghost Doctor Phil could actually save this movie. Everyone's going to want to do this movie if Ghost Doctor Phil. You mean saved. the
2: movie's back on?
1: And the feature like, yeah. You
2: mean I get my gondola? Uh
1: no, we needed the movie not to happen. Technically I mean, you did get him, but we needed it not to
2: happen. You mean I get a screen credit? Sure. Ah, <laughs> take that, Bernice! <laughs> I showed you who thought that moving to Italy to be a gondola boat guy was a bad idea. Not this guy. <laughs>
1: Ten months later, at the outside of the Hollywood theater, with the big premiere of this new Jerry Bruckheimer film, the host of E Talk, Jonathan, is standing outside. We are here on the premiere night. Who? That the hero we all needed was the ghost of Dr. Phil. This is the star and the biggest movie star now in the entire world. Phil, anything uh you'd like to say? Are you happy?
0: No. I <laughs>
2: dead. Oh, I I I I see. Um, Jonathan, Jonathan, remember me? Hey, Jonathan, I, I killed your cameraman. Remember? Remember me, Jonathan? Hey. Right.
1: John- Actually, we've been searching all over for you. What? Get him, boys. <laughs> what?
2: Uh, oh, no! No!
0: No! Confucius say, movie <laughs> is a stinker. <laughs> thumbs down.
1: Spooked. <laughs> that was a scary story. Wow.
2: And a nice behind-the-scenes on how movies are made. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I think it's a good lesson to never follow your dreams because they'll always backfire. <laughs> I, I think the best stories say that.
0: I really like doing the the Ghost of Dodd Simpson. Actually, <laughs> 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 oh my god! Oh. I'm sorry. I've never improvised before. I have to apologize. I I, I have no training. i've Barely knew what I was doing. So thanks for helping. We barely know. <laughs> we barely know.
2: <laughs> That's the beautiful thing about podcasts. It doesn't matter what you know. You can say whatever you want and do whatever you want. And no one's going to stop you. <laughs> yeah, somebody's got to listen to this. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, uh, thank you so much, Paul. We loved having you on the uh, podcast here. Um, where can everyone follow you? Uh,
0: yeah, I'm not really like social media savvy. <laughs> I have all those things like Twitter and shit. I never use them. I ne- I've never looked at yeah. my Instagram. Um, I don't know. I guess on Facebook, if I usually, if we do something like we have a Toronto show coming up for mouth Congress on May mm-hmm. 11th at Mandy's Bistro. Um, mm. So I'll, I'll post that on Facebook. That's about it in terms of uh, where you can follow me. You can follow me on the street. That's <laughs> possible too.
2: I guess a good another thing, uh, the mouth congress documentary. Uh, is there a place where we can where people can find that, or not really? <laughs> not really. <laughs> no,
0: we're, we're just it hasn't been released, so we just play okay and stuff. But uh, oh, okay, so you got to gotta see it live screening, and uh, only thirty people showed up, so that was kind of depressing. <laughs>
1: well we'll be tweeting out that mouth congress show at Spook podcast yes. as well as keep an eye out for uh, mouth congress on YouTube check out the songs there to get you hyped right. before that show in They're May, lots. and also keep an eye out for the kids in the hall documentary and the new season Absolutely. Right, yeah. lots and you could <laughs> and you can see a full profile on Paul on the sonar network.com with direct links to those uh, social media and uh, to the IMDb as well and spooked spooked I love it thanks guys
2: spooked this podcast has been brought to you by the sonar network
0: sonar